You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. Happy New Year, IT Services! Later on, I'll read the lyrics of a song of resiliency and hope that I think perfectly summarize what our collective outlook should be. But first, we're going to hear from Chuck Rose and Jerry Powell of the Service Desk, great folks both, on how they adapted and responded to COVID-19 and what the future of the Service Desk looks like. This is Mark Herzberger, Communications Manager. Today, I'm joined by Chuck and Jerry. That is not a long-forgotten 60s pop duo. It is actually some esteemed members of <laughs> IT Services. I will let them uh, introduce themselves, if you don't mind starting us off, Jerry. My name's Jerry Powell, and I'm the supervisor for uh, career staff at the Service Desk. I have been in that role for about five years and have been at UCSD for 19 years. And I uh, bring a wealth of information, knowledge um, from San Diego State. Chuck. Aloha. My name is Chuck Rose, and I am the ITS Service Desk Manager, uh, as well as the manager for ResNet. And I have been uh, with the university for 19 years as well. And uh, it's good to be here. Yes, thank you both for joining us. Uh, we're gonna cover uh, life at the service desk, on-site or virtual, the last uh, several months. Um, so we, we go back to the beginning, and in this case, March. When, when did you both start to realize that everybody on campus was gonna get shifted to telecommuting, and what were your <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> Sounds like a nervous laughter more than a funny laughter, but go ahead. I'll jump into this one. Um, it happened so quickly that you know there really wasn't much much time to think about it. And then, and it re really was a lot less about well, how do we get remote? It was more about, hey, just get remote so we can help everybody else get remote. And uh, uh, you know, I I I, I want to say that um, you know, as as always, our 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 team. They are just so incredibly flexible and adaptive. And so they just did it. We said go remote, they went remote, and then they were helping other people on campus, students and staff and faculty go remote as well. And I wanted to also say that um, about two weeks before we were told that uh, we had to all be remote, we did start some beta testing for career staff to uh, test out our um, equipment our, for our phone calls yeah, and for right. connecting through VPN. So we had kind of not really related to this pandemic happening. We're preparing to have our, our career staff rotate to be off campus. And then once we realized that everyone needed to be off campus, uh, it was a scramble to get all of our students and our staff 
working remotely, getting equipment, come, who had to come in for headsets, who needed to get their desktops or laptops from the office and even chairs. So uh, we had to pull all that together in a short period of time. I wanted to ask particularly about the student staff uh, and their transition. How many student personnel are there roughly? And I, you know, I imagine they, they were trying to catch flights home or drive away. So how did you manage their extra challenges, uh, if you will, if they were, you know, had to leave town or leave their dorm and try to you know, keep working such that they could? We have approximately, well, we, we now have 11 career staff and we fluctuate on our student staff. During the lowest points of the year, we have probably about 20, 25, and then we've at times ramped up to as many as 55 students. So I wanna say that last March, we were probably in the 35 zone. We're, we're really incredibly fortunate to have such a large student staff and also incredibly fortunate to you know, be able to work with students. One of, one of the challenges though of, of working with students, and, and this is you know, as much for the students as it is for us, is, is their, their constantly changing schedule, right? So you know, they have, have classes that are, are always changing and, and, and they're dropping and adding courses and you know, needing to meet with, with advisors and, and, um, and TAs. And, and so all that to say that, you know, needing to be adaptive on our schedule is something that we, we have been doing for a long time, uh, way before the virus hit. And, and you know, I'd like to give a special shout out to Don Cornell, who, who handles, you know, the majority of our student scheduling. Um, and then, so I think, and Jerry may remember more specifics, but, you know, I, I think it was, it was kind of just business as usual, maybe on steroids, that there were maybe a few more requests of, of needing to get shifts covered that Don had to adapt to. But um, I want to say for the most part that the students kind of uh, worked things out on their own and, and helped cover shifts um, or learned to get by with, without as many shifts when, you know, when weren't able to cover them. Yeah, and the students uh, were kind of coordinating with us to make sure that their shifts would be covered because we have a procedure for how to request uh, coverage for shifts. And once we knew that everyone, um, as far as student staff needed to be off campus and work remotely, uh, we made sure that they had the opportunity to either um, have time to move off campus. A lot of them lived locally, so it wasn't too much of a transition. And for those that needed to move like out of state, we have some students that moved to New York or uh, one we have a student that's living in Canada right now, but just being able to be flexible to allow them that time for flying home yeah. and then making sure that once they were home and able to set up uh, that they had their, uh, the tools that they need, they have the laptop, uh, their headsets, and the VPN was working for them because that's a huge part of our student and staff working remotely. And, you know, I think Chuck, you had alluded, it, alluded to it earlier where, you know, not only did your operation need to make this shift, but uh, imagine a lot of tickets came in or, or you would have been on call to support 
you know, a bunch of people campus wide that have never telecommuted. So what what was like what was it like in terms of extra ticket volume and and common issues? And how did you how did you manage your own transition while trying to help everyone else transition? Yeah, ticket volume. <laughs> Let's talk about ticket volume. So the normal flow for ticket volume is, you know, there are kind of bursts of of activity that that happen at the beginning of each quarter, especially um, especially during fall quarter. And so we get to all the tickets um, each day, probably 80% of the year. But starting in March, we had a backlog of anywhere from 50 to 500 tickets pretty much every night starting in March up until about three weeks ago. So there was a significant increase in in volume and our um, our staff again was was really just amazing i mean they can only help one customer i mean at a time so they didn't they didn't let it get to them they really focused on the customer our our um, our goal is to provide world-class customer service and and that's what they did they focused on providing the best service they could for each customer and then would get to the next customers as soon as they helped the one they were working on. And um, some of the common issues that came up, not only were uh, there questions about, I've never worked remotely before, but also a lot of VPN questions, a lot of dual yeah. questions, yeah. because yeah. those two went hand in hand. And fortunately for us, our service desk staff transitioned pretty quickly, pretty smoothly, and they were able to identify uh, like dual issues connected with VPN and very very quickly and able to get some templates up to help uh, respond to customers or to be able to uh, walk customers through those, uh, those common issues. And then once uh, everyone pretty much was remote, then we had our, our eco time, you see path rollout, which caused another wave of high volume of tickets. So all of the new things that came out typically over the summer that we support were, were added on top of the remote work for uh, the campus. And I believe you've adopted some new communications tools such as Discord that uh, you know, facilitate how you work. Um, what is that solution and what was its pathway to adoption by your team? This was, this was a tool that was really kind of uh, adopted or identified and adopted by our, our student staff. So Discord uh, basically allowed our, um, our student staff, especially as they were going through training, you know, one of the cool things about about our team is uh, we have a very collaborative team, and and that was really facilitated um, a lot by by our our kind of bullpen atmosphere at at APNM. All of our agents are are relatively close to each other, and especially the students. The students are really in kind of a bullpen area where they're all right by each other, and then. You know they're relatively close to all the career staff as well, so there is a lot of back and forth. You know, going to people's desks and asking questions, and and a lot of learning and, and collaborative support happened that way. 
Some of that can be done over chat, but not nearly to, not nearly to the degree that it could be done in person. And so uh, the students um, in, in, in asking, okay, how, how, how do we replicate kind of that in-person experience, that ability to kind of talk and share and listen in, um, identified Discord, which, uh, which allows them to kind of log into an, uh, um, a, sh a shared audio space where they, can, where they can talk and they can listen and, and really collaborate you know, together. One of the big um, assets of Discord is it was used to uh, shadow the, uh, the trainees. So with uh, our formal training, a part of that is also shadowing and that allows the trainer to walk through different scenarios with the new hires. And uh, once they're on their own, they are able to uh, kind of buddy up with that person and actually see what they're doing or how they're responding to tickets and phone calls. So it's a great tool and it gives the, um, the new students and our, our leads the opportunity to uh, build a relationship with the, the new students and uh, help build the new students' confidence uh, as far as using our co collaboration pages, answering phones and tickets. When you look back at the entire transition to telecommuting and working remotely, what's the most surprising thing or the most unexpected thing that's happened? I think the most unexpected thing that happened for me was how it uh, drew our team closer together. We were a close-knit team at APNM, but being remote, you really have to rely on each other more um, through text or phone calls or videos. And I was surprised at how quickly it happened and how solid uh, the team became after we went remote. You know, I, I, I know our team is flexible and adaptive, but I think I was really blown away, especially in, in March and April with just, just how quickly our group of 50, you know, very different people all transitioned with with really very very little i mean you know if you if you looked at what we did and 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 kind of the change management steps that we took to facilitate what we did we did very little change management <laughs> i mean we, you know we we really we we really just kind of said hey guys this is what we need to do let's do it <laughs> let us know if you need help and let's work together to figure it out. And, um, and you know, they just, uh, um, our team responded so well to that. And um, I think the, the other thing that, that kind of came out of it, came out of this that was, you know, unplanned and, and has been a really great surprise is, uh, you know, to reduce the number of people that we had on campus and to use a space that was much, much better for the little amount of walk-in support that was needed, we we decided to move our our in-person support over to the hive and, and share that space with with the field support group and specifically with Glenn. And that partnership over the last few months has been has been really really wonderful. Our uh, those of us that that have have been going into the hive and have been working with Glenn, have learned so much more about field support and the things that go on um, at the hive and the type of support that they do. And I think, you know, Glenn 
um, has has learned a lot with working with the students and working working with those of us from the service desk. So it's been a really great partnership. And we, we've talked about some of the adaptations uh, that have been implemented uh, to cope with the age of COVID such as it is. Which of those do you think will endure once uh, things are back to normal? You know, I, I, I mean, I think you're, you, um, I, I, I think you're hearing this all over the campus. I, I, I think we as a campus have learned that um, that working remotely, uh, when when appropriate, it, it works, right? Um, we, we do it and we can do it well. And so I think you know we're going to figure out some way to continue to to use remote work as as part of our work environment. You know, based on what I just said about working more closely with field support, we're, we're really interested in kind of exploring how we continue to do that. That's been a really good thing. And so we're, we're thinking and talking about, you know, what, what that might look like, you know, once we're actually all back on campus. The other thing we're also um, talking about is how will our walk up support look like after we're back on campus. Uh, we don't have any definitive uh, plans yet, but uh, we're looking at options of staying at the Hive as well as being at APNM and maybe having another location on campus. So we're, we're looking at ways to better support our students uh, on campus. And I wanted to close out just discussing um, you know, the student employees and, you know, what they bring to the table. So for, from, from your, your all perspective as managers, what do you look for in student employees and uh, maybe to fellow managers out there, what would you recommend they look for in student employees? Because of the sheer number of students that we, that we you know, have to hire and train on, on, on a regular basis, we learned long ago that um, some of the of of the of the of the best people to kind of scout out and identify um, good student applicants are the students themselves. And so, you know, I wanted to say that that our 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 lead students, our 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 experienced lead students, the ones that have kind of you know gone through some additional additional leadership training, they, they um, perform a significant amount of the recruiting, interviewing, and, you know, the students themselves are just really good at kind of identifying who, who, who are going to be good student techs. Some of the things that we tend to look for, you know, are students with exceptional people skills and communication skills. You know that 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 uh, demonstrate really good active listening skills. Students who who are adaptive and good at problem solving, we can get them trained up on the technology. Um, and if they're good problem solvers, um, we you know we can train them on how to do technical problem solving. But if they come in with that with that basic skill of of knowing how to kind of analyze and think through issues and you know think you know creatively. Um, then that really helps. And what are some keys to successfully managing student employees? 
some of the keys to successfully managing student employees is to be able to um, allow them to have a voice in like when issues come up, when things need to be changed. It benefits the whole team when students feel like they can bring up topics that may be hard to hear or if there's issues uh, with documentation. So just being open to listening to the team as an individual, being uh, empathetic to those um, students and staff because there's life outside of the service desk and being understanding of, of classwork, finals, all those other things that go on in a student's life. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we've been able to do a pretty good job um, in, in creating a good work environment for students. And so, you know, I, I think we have some you know, good ideas on how to do that. But I will also say that we're still learning. Um, and I think that, that that's probably important for a good, a, a good environment for students. Well, probably a good work environment for everybody, right? I mean, just r recognizing that, yeah, we're, we're doing some things right, but there's still a lot of room for growth. You know, we can still get better at what we're doing. I think the students, you know, have really, uh, well, I know that the students really appreciate having an environment, like Jerry said, where they feel safe and comfortable to bring things up and talk and share. Um, we really rely on, on each one of our staff um, to bring ideas and, and help us identify how we can continually improve and making sure that the students understand that they're really, that really, they really are a part of that, 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 you know, that we're, we're not just asking them to come in and answer phones, but we're, we're asking them to join our team and, and help our team grow and get better. Um, and I think, I think the students like that. I think the students like having a feeling of, 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 of ownership, but, but first and foremost, it's gotta be a place where they feel safe and, and appreciated um, and you know, where they feel like they can contribute. Um, and so we really try to focus on that. You know, how do we facilitate communication and collaboration? How do we make sure that students you know, feel like they have a say in things? Uh, those are things that we're, we're always asking. And I also wanted to add that we try our best to let each person know how valuable their contributions are to the service desk. A lot of loving. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think you guys do a phenomenal job. And we, we had the student panel on a few weeks ago and they all sounded amazing. <laughs> so we know we're in good hands when we phone this. <laughs> we, we, we really do have some amazing people. Yes, we do. Thank you, Chuck and Jerry. I really appreciate you being able to join us. Thank you for having us and allowing us to just let our team know how much they're valued and appreciate it. And uh, we just look forward to being of service to the campus in 2021. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. This has been great. As promised, I now present to you a song of hope and resiliency. Dear listener, I hope it inspires you to achieve great things in 2021. The itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Out came the sun and dried up all the rain. And the itsy bitsy spider 
went up the spout again. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.